For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good walkthrough Wednesday, Eagle Nation. You've got your Birds 365 duo, Mac and Mac, here hanging with you, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. The countdown is on to Sunday showdown, just four days until the 49ers and Eagles get it on. Johnny Mac, does it seem like the clock's moving slowly, or is it just because the Eagles played a Saturday game this week? It's an extra week. <clears throat> just the words coming out of my mouth, four days until it feels like they should play in about 20 minutes. Um, yeah, for me, it's the opposite. It's uh, it's sailing by because, you know, so much going on this week as far as the NFL coming in for the championship game, so much media availability, they amp it up. So it's kind of – these kind of weeks are kind of overwhelming. So, yeah, it seems, it seems to go 
quickly for me, but I can understand from a, a fan standpoint, you know, the anxiety, the waiting, all that kind of thing. But that's the NFL. That's I, I argue all the time. That's what fuels the NFL's popularity, the ability to sit back and think about these games as opposed to baseball where you're playing the next day or, you know, you have maybe a day off in between the playoffs and basketball where you have a day off and you're back at it usually. Football, man, you got all this time. And then we, we talked about during the bye week even more so. And, uh, and you know, plays tricks on your mind. How much extra availability are they giving you guys this week? Um, well, they're not giving it to us. I mean, it's the NFL uh, the, the, the stepping in and they take over things for people that don't know for the championship games and obviously the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, the head coach has got to talk every day, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to talk twice this week. Uh, they're going to put players up at the podium, um, which they typically, occasionally they do, but typically don't do. Um, and that's all NFL driven. Um, and, you know, it's part of being here. So, so, and distraction's a big part of this because more so for the Super Bowl, it's more obvious with the Super Bowl. You have media sure. day and all that, but even the champ, you know, it amps up and they, there's more distractions. And if you go back to Nick Sirianni's Monday press conference, he was joking about it. He looked at Bob Lang, the Eagles PR guy, off camera, it was Zoom on Monday. He said, "I he can ask me later in a week. I got some extra. I got some media availability, um, so he knows it's it's really amped up, that, and that's good for Eagle fans. Uh, Maybe just the fan who wants to get the game underway, kick off, let's rock and roll. But if you got more availability, whether it's NFL generated, uh, however it comes about, if you get a better feel for the game before it actually gets here, that's a good thing." Uh, you got it with the coordinators yesterday. Happy Tuesday with uh, both your DC and your OC here in Philadelphia. And uh, Jonathan Gannon seemed to be in a good mood yesterday. But he said something that surprised me, Johnny Mac. Um, he talked about what he believes is going to be the electricity in uh, Lincoln Financial Field and compared it favorably to uh, Minnesota, which is an indoor stadium where he coached before he got here and was there for the Minneapolis miracle and said, oh, the link can be just as electric as that, which was, I thought, uh, pretty high praise and a compliment. Uh, and he expects it to be just that on Sunday for the showdown against the Vikings. But he also said he doesn't think it'll be any more so for a rookie quarterback like Brock Purdy than yeah. any other quarterback coming in. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of one of the things I think the Eagles need to be banking on that the unbelievable crowd, the loudest crowd that Brock Purdy's ever going to have to have played to get in front of will be uh, 98 percent against them. Oh, Minnesota, two percent of the tickets. Uh, excuse me. Uh, San Francisco, two percent of the tickets. That's kind of what I'm leaning on as to one of the reasons why the Eagles are going to win this game. And JG just kind of poo pooed that yesterday. Yeah, he did. He, he can't. That, uh, I wouldn't worry about that, Jody. That's sort of podium John Gannon versus non-podium John Gannon. I've talked about the Minnesota game with uh, JG a lot over the years. Uh, he knew they were cooked. <laughs> he knew they were cooked uh, before they came into that environment. 
Um, it, but but for two reasons, a little bit that you know. So when you are have you that, suggesting this is like a in reverse covering for Case Keenum? That uh, no, 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 and, and uh, yeah, this might be Brock Purdy. Is no, uh, this was, party. this was. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything uh, that can be taken out of context. Bulletin board on the podium. Uh, that San Francisco can use that kind of nonsense okay. uh, versus uh, what he truly believes, which is, um, you know, he brought, he, he, he brought it up. He kind of contradicted himself because he's told me this numerous times in the past, Harrison Smith, who's a, a veteran player, all pro player. He mentioned him by name yesterday and they both got on the field and they were like, woof, uh, this is, this is, this is going to be tough. Um yeah, this is going to be tough for Brock Purdy. He just didn't want to say it. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm in this existential crisis myself trying to pick this game because, you know, all year I've, I've said San Francisco is the best team. My whole thought process was Trey Lance would give him a little bit more than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why I picked him to go to the Super Bowl. Um Turns out it was correct, but it was the wrong player. Brock Purdy's given him a little bit more than uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And and they are where they are. And if this game were in San Francisco, it wouldn't be that difficult for me. But the fact that it is in Philadelphia, this is the closest thing in modern times you're going to get to the Roman Coliseum. These people are vicious and they are unrelenting. And yeah, I don't think Brock Purdy's going to handle it well, to be perfectly honest. And that's why I'm seriously debating uh, taking the Eagles. I, I I don't know how he survives it, to be honest. And Eagle fans. And survive it, I mean, on the field, right. not off the field. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not predicting and projecting this, but I'm just getting John's read on it. Because, again, uh, you're truly uh, doesn't get down to the games. I need to be here to be able to watch uh, a bunch of games for my CBS show that I do on Sunday night. So um, I'm judging the crowd and the way that it plays via my TV. John's got a much better read on it because he's right there at the game every game. The Saints game this year, where the Saints were able to move the ball up and down the field against the Eagles, I know it was a – uh, 20 uh, a Gardner uh, game, Minshew game, not a Hertz game, but that was a game that the Eagles didn't control at home. Let's be honest, got outplayed at home. They lost the game fair and square. It wasn't like, oh my God, the refs screwed them or a bad bounce went against them that day. They got outplayed by a team below 500. Um, yes, still alive for the playoffs because of the weakness of the NFC South, but uh, a below 500 team just the same. And I'm sure that the game started on a fever pitch because, again, it was a game that if the Eagles won, they knew they lacked up the division and home field events throughout, and they didn't get it. How much did the air come out of the stadium that day? Well, a couple things. It does, and one of the things that's, you know, I, I point out about Eagles fans, I, I just pointed out one of the good things, one of the bad things, if, if you're not playing well, um, they will turn on you pretty quickly. So, you know, three, three and outs, four, three and outs, um, you know, all of a sudden you hear the booze for the home team. Um, so there's no doubt getting off to a, a good start 
is paramount for San Francisco, whether it's whether on their whether they're on the field offensively or defensively. You can take the air out of the stadium. I we were talking to somebody about that. I forget if you remember. You know, there's certain places, Kansas City, um, Seattle, um, you know, they're more forgiving of the home team uh, and they'll keep keep it up uh, pretty much throughout the game, um, even if their team isn't performing the way they're expected to play. So from that standpoint, yeah, I mean, you could you could turn it a little bit. But I, I can't compare any regular season game to any playoff game at the lake. There's different. There's a different energy. There's a different uh, – they amp it up even further. Uh, and we said five years to the day, 38-7, 38-7. Now, what you really want to go back to is the Atlanta game. If you play well, if you stay in the game, it's going to be difficult, but you're going to have a chance. If that snowball starts coming down the hill – Look out, because yeah. it's going to run right through you. That that I think we can all agree on, and Jonathan Gannon might agree just wasn't saying yesterday, because he was not going to provide any bulletin board material for the 49ers. And another thing that I think has kind of worked against the Eagles here is Mother Nature. Again, I keep checking the five-day, first or seven-day forecast, now the five-day forecast. It looks like kickoff, it's going to be 50 degrees, Johnny Mac late January and it's going to be 50 degrees no chance we're with precipitation at all you're hoping at this time of the year if you are a cold weather team which the Eagles certainly are northeast as compared to a California team coming in that maybe you can get a little advantage in the conditions uh, doesn't always work that way because Buffalo got the snow that they wanted last week. Didn't help them a little bit against Buffalo. But if you've got the chance, you hope that that's the case since you really have no control over it. Looks like it's going to be perfect uh, California football weather for January uh, this Sunday against the Eagles. Mother Nature does not look like she's going to do the birds a favor. Yeah, and I, I don't know if that's that big of a deal with this matchup, you know. To me, that's more important if you're playing like a dome team that's used to that's built for their home field and you know built for the fast track and maybe a slow them down a little bit. San Francisco's a um, you know it's Northern California, it's not Southern California, it's outdoors. Not that they have bad weather. I was going to say I, I don't think they get a lot of snow in uh, no, San Francisco. These no, days. but they're they're built different. They're built. They're a physical team. Uh, you know, that stats out there that, I don't know, it's some weird teams that play San Francisco are like ridiculously bad the week after uh, the thought process being because they got beaten up a little bit. Um, it, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think that matters as much in this matchup. Now, if it we're, you know, Minnesota coming in a dome team like it was in 2018, then I think it has a bigger uh, effect. Um, you know, and the Eagles have good playmakers. The 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 49ers have good playmakers. Um, I just don't think it's gonna be that relevant either way, if it were a good day, if it were a bad day. Who would you uh, say who would you say is the better speed team? Uh San Francisco. I mean, they have more of of manufactured touch players. 
Um, so it, it's not even necessarily speed as much as footing. Um, you know, they're the team that that's the yards after catch team. Not that the Eagles are bad at it. I mean, AJ's great at it, but AJ's usually so physical. He's carrying people. Dallas Goddard's so physical. He's carrying people. Yep. They're more, you know, juking and jibing and, and, and eye wash and, and that kind of stuff. Um, San Francisco um, with their playmakers. Um, so a little bit, I would say, uh, they're the little bit more. If if you were in a dome, if it were in a, uh, um, you know, the Super Bowl, if it were in a, a dome stadium, neutral field, they probably have a slight advantage, but not not big. Then that's what I'm getting at. And again, not a big advantage. I'm with you on that. It could have been worse for the 49ers. They could have been coming in here to a slick field and uh, 28 degrees and maybe even some precipitation, which could have slowed down their faster running offense. And it looks like that's not going to happen on Sunday. So I think that's a break that hasn't happened yet, but it's not going to happen for the Eagles on Sunday. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, we all the Mac and Mac guys. Uh, We got two good uh, Eagles specific guests for you today the first up is going to be our bud mike gill from down the shore uh, the sports pass 97.3 espn he joins us each and every single wednesday he'll join us coming up next and a little bit later jimmy kamsky our buddy from phillyvoice.com uh one of the best eagle beat guys does it day in and day out i said kamsky we need you it's championship week he said all right i'm in for wednesday so uh our number two jimmy kemsky gonna join us first up though mike gill from the sports bash down at shore gonna jump in with mac and mac on birds 365 My name is uh, Fran Soleno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. 
But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Yeah, back and back. John McClone and Jody McDonald here with John Birds 365. Uh, waiting on Mike Gill. He should jump in uh, any minute, at least as per Twitter. Maybe he went out and had a birthday celebration. I already had Uh-oh. a breakfast Uh-oh. yesterday uh, with a rather recognizable Uh-oh. face. He took a uh, breakfast shot with uh, Sal Palantonio from ESPN. So uh, getting out and celebrating a little bit. So he's running a little late here with Mac and Mac. Where are you, Gil? We'll get him up as soon as he does. Uh, you might have uh, tapped into the reasoning uh, there, Jody. I, yeah. did, I, I did see a tweet from him uh, showing that uh, he was celebrating a birthday. I'm pretty sure it was his birthday, but I, uh, trying to think of what I, how I read the tweet. Uh, yeah, I think it was his birthday, um, but it could have been somebody else's. JM, you know what's nice about this game if you're an Eagle fan? And I think this is huge for the game coming up on Sunday because I've kind of led toward it this week. If you need me to go on record, I'll say it right here, right now. I think it's going to be the 49ers running game against the Eagles passing game. And that might not go over well with uh, a percentage of the Eagle fan base that just love to manhandle and run the football. And one of the reasons why last week's game was one of the best in Eagles history, because they just ran it down the New York Giants throats. I don't think you're going to be able to do that against the San Francisco defense. I think you're better advised to uh, try and pass the ball against the 49ers. And with rookie quarterback coming in, unbelievably loud, tough, dis- dis- difficult crowd, I think Kyle Shanahan is going to lean heavily on the run to try and lessen the effect of the crowd. So I think it's going to be the 49ers running a game against the Eagles passing game. Christian McCaffrey's got a calf issue that the Shanahan went to the podium and said he expects him and all the other injured 49ers save Jimmy Garoppolo, who some people were suggesting could be back to back up. Brock Purdy this week, Shanahan made it sound like, yeah, Jimmy G's not going to be ready to go on Sunday. But all the other injured players look like they're a go, but just like we knew Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson were going to be a go this past week, we didn't know what level they were going to be able to go at. And I don't quite know what Christian McCaffrey's level is going to be on Sunday. It's nice to have somebody on the other team be the major injury question mark coming into the game because it was the exact opposite for the Eagles this past week coming in against the Giants. 
Yeah, and 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 Mike should be here in a couple of minutes. Lost track of time, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, look, everybody's going through something. That's what I said this time of year. You know, and it's even more noticeable in the other game, right, with Kansas City, and they got to figure out what the heck's going on with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but yeah, Kirsten's dealing with a calf injury. You saw it last week. He was trying to keep it loose throughout the game. Um. But it's the NFC Championship game, so he's going to give it a go, just like Jalen Hurts is going to play, just like Lane Johnson on this team. And there's other players, I'm sure, banged up on San Francisco as well that are not going to be 100%, but playing through some things. And that's just the, the NFL. That's just professional football. So, um, you know, maybe it helps the Eagles. Um, Christian didn't have great numbers against uh the Cowboys, but his presence on the field is sort of like Jalen Hurts' presence on the field is something you got to deal with. And, you know, you can't say, oh, he's dealing with a calf injury. Don't worry about him uh, because then that's when you get uh, uh, bitten really badly. And, and, and that opens up things for other players. So, you know, this San Francisco team was always good, but when they got him, um, they've really taken off, and I think that's part of the reason because he just creates such uh, nightmare matchups that it not only is difficult to stop him, but it makes it easier for players that are already really good in the Debo Samuels of the world, the George Kittles, the Brandon Ayukes, just makes it even easier for them. So, um, yeah, the Eagles got a tough test, man. These These two teams... I've, I've argued, we always talk about AFC, we always talk about AFC because of the quarterbacks. These are the two most talented teams in football from top to bottom, the NFC side, San Francisco and Philadelphia. Um, they don't have the suit. Well, San Francisco doesn't have the superstar quarterback, um, but they have everything else. Um, and uh, uh, he he is like sort of the 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 butter on the bread. When they got him, that's one of the great um, midseason trade pickups ever. Now we stay healthy. That's been the big issue with Christian McCaffrey over his career. Right when he was in Carolina and he was healthy, he was the best running back in football. Wasn't healthy a lot. Um, San Francisco's gotten him. I don't know long-term how long it's going to last, Jody. But from their standpoint, as, as long as it lasts past the Super Bowl this season, uh, they're going to be happy with it. And the only point that I'm making about him being a question mark coming in that could be good for the Eagles is uh, you threw out the other Jalen and, and Lane here and Mahomes um, in Kansas City. He needs to be able to make cuts. He needs to be able to plant and change. He needs to be able to accelerate. Quarterback, I saw Mahomes uh, on one leg uh, put away the competition last week against Jacksonville. Uh, Jalen Hurts, whatever his shoulder issues were, didn't, I, I didn't know if you didn't know coming in, you couldn't have been able to judge by the game. Lane Johnson is a big hulking behemoth who just gets the job done. An injury like the one McCaffrey has could affect his game more than some of the other guys uh, who are going to be playing at not 100% this weekend in the NFC playoffs. All right. I think we got Mike Gill ready to rock and roll and good to join us. All right. He throws on a last second hat. What hat you got on there, Gil? 
Uh, this is our uh, World Series championship hat. I was the coach of a team that won the 13-year-old World Series two years ago. Ooh. All right, nice. so you know, Mike, and belated happy birthday. We we assumed you, you, you tied one on last night, and that's why you're a little bit late, but... Uh, what what you know championship i actually so have a got doctor's a appointment game. that i was getting ready all right yeah all right that's what we're gonna go with we know <laughs> we know the truth yeah I, I actually i have a doctor's appointment that i was like i was ready to start getting ready for and i was just like oh you we talked about it yesterday i don't know what I, day it is yeah i, I've I don't gone, know what day. I'm oh, at we got uh, Mike in and out. dinner last night. I was having birthday my birthday dinner. Tone, I was having my birthday. Hey, Tone, bring Mike dinner down last and see night. If we can get him back. Yeah, and the phone rang, and it was a radio station in Oregon. Who, I- yeah, you are, Mike. We're gonna we're gonna drop your line for a second, and then try and reestablish because we're getting about every third or fourth word that uh, you're saying. So. Tell him why don't you go ahead, uh, drop Mike, ask him to uh, re-log back in and be able to punch him up. Because uh, did you understand what he was saying? No, I was getting like once, same as you, <laughs> once every yeah, once every four words <laughs> yeah, or something. No. I did hear something about Oregon, but Mike's right, yeah. Because I'm on Mike's show all the time in the afternoon. I, I don't know what day it is at the time, especially when they move it around the calendar. So, yeah, I, I know that pain. And and we almost fooled Jonathan Cannon yesterday because, you know, we always says Happy Tuesday. And we're like, what day is this? We almost fooled him because they had the Saturday game before. Um, yeah, you get you get you get in this mock, Jody. You have no idea what day it is. But right, it, was, Mike? It, it was a happy Tuesday yesterday. Yeah. And we've got Gil Wednesday here on Birds 365. And it looks yeah. like we got a better co- connection with him. Yeah, I say I have a doctor's appointment today, and I was starting to get ready to go to the doctor's appointment. Forgot what day it was, as John was explaining. <laughs> Last night, I was having birthday dinner with my girlfriend. The phone rang. It was a radio station in Oregon that I forgot that I had booked. That I was on that station. I I probably been on seven shows this week. I don't know what day it is. Do we get? Get this game ready to go. And the Super Bowl is even worse if you get to that point. Yeah. Are you going to the Super Bowl? If the Eagles, uh, obviously, if the Eagles win, but if they don't win, are you going either way? Yeah, I'll be out there regardless if the Eagles make it or not. I'll be doing shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from – Arizona radio row at the Super Bowl, Mike will uh, Mike Gill. So hopefully uh, the Eagles will be there for you a uh, little more interest if they make it. You know, one of the things uh, uh, Jonathan Gannon was talking about going back to the 2018 championship game, because he was here as a member of the Vikings coaching staff. And he remarked, um, how difficult the environment was. And I was here, and I could I can back him up there. But then I asked him later in the same press conference, is that more difficult on a young quarterback like Brock Purdy? And he said, no. <laughs> what do you make of that? It can't be one or the other. 
I would imagine he's trying to keep uh, the bulletin board material away. We saw what happened with Case Keenum in that game. I mean, there's a lot of parallels. That was a 13 and three team. Right. That's a 13 and three team. Keenum was uh, having a great year and he became Case Keenum in that moment. Look, if Purdy makes the Super Bowl, he would be the first rookie quarterback to ever win this game. And the guys who lost in front of him, you know, both have two of them have Super Bowl titles, Roethlisberger, Flacco, Mark Sanchez lost and, and Sean King. Um, so this is something that would continue this unbelievable story for Purdy. If he wins, he would be the first player to ever win as a rookie in this game. He would also be the second least amount of starts in his career. Um, Hostetler started four games in his career when he won. Purdy has five career starts uh, in the regular season leading into this. So uh, what he would do to win this game, it would be historic. And we've seen some things in this town that we're like, are you kidding me? Brad Johnson won a game here. Um, you know, Jake DeLome won a game here. Those guys weren't top of the level quarterbacks. So I'd hate to see Brock Purdy make history. But John Gannon, I think, is trying to keep the bulletin material uh, to a minimum. Agreed. And uh, two of the winners this week were the Ohio, uh, the Iowa State program and the Oklahoma program. And Oklahoma doesn't usually need help, but uh, it seems these days like they could use a little bit of a helping hand. That whole Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts showdown game is getting not only Philadelphia coverage, but national coverage as well. When these two guys matched up back in college four years ago. Does it really have anything to do with the game between the 49ers and the Eagles this week? Seems like we... Sure. No, of course not. Five five touchdowns he threw in that game, by the way. Purdy. He outperformed her on that stage, but this stage here. Look, Purdy's been an unbelievable story, and I should get, like, some story. We're either at the beginning of like the next Tom Brady-esque story or something's about to happen to this guy. Um, I talked to somebody from San Francisco yesterday, and I'm, I don't want to say I'm surprised. I don't know. But, you know, I was like, are people waiting for this guy to kind of fall apart? They're like, no, we've kind of accepted that he's built for this. Like, he's okay. Some guys are just unflappable. I don't know that he's unflappable to the point that he can win this game. I think Shanahan does a – good enough job picking his spots with him because they don't need the offense to win them games. Their defense keeps them in it. And then every once in a while, he'll say, you got to make a play. He makes that throw to Kittle. He makes a rip on a third down to somebody to keep a, a drive alive. I think it was to Ayuk. I mean, he made a throw to Jennings across the middle. He doesn't do a whole heck of a lot. But he just does enough. He doesn't make mistakes. And the defense keeps them in the game. So, no, I don't expect that game to have any um, – his stats will not resemble that game. If he throws no. for five touchdowns at the end of the day, that would be an wow, epic that, – that, Yeah, that, and JG happening. deserves the criticism he's going to get if that happens. Uh, yeah, but 42-41, I'm going under on that one. I don't think it's going to be 42-41. Although sometimes I think uh, the NFL's turning into Big 12 football, but not not with these two teams, uh, not yet at least. Um, and, and you mentioned Brock Purdy. I, I do think it's an interesting, um, you know, sort of West Coast, East, 
East Coast comparison, you know, and, and I kind of talked about it with some home field advantages. And, and JG mentioned uh, Kansas City yesterday, mentioned Seattle, he mentioned Minnesota, all, all really loud buildings, you know, where the fans are a little bit, what, 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 what adjective should we use? Nicer, uh, maybe, uh, a little bit nicer. And they're going to back the home team even if they're playing poorly, whereas here in Philadelphia it's more of you better show up, you better play, you better perform. And I think that's the case when you bring up Brock Purdy and the people of San Francisco being behind him. But I got to tell you, you watch that first half of the Seattle playoff game. It was not good. You watch the first half against Dallas. It was not good. There were opportunities for those defenses to make plays and they didn't make them. I think if the, yeah. the Eagles are going to get some opportunities. Yeah, Dallas think, dropped, I think, three pretty clear interceptions in that yeah. game. I mean, they had plays to be made on the defensive side of the ball. They didn't make them. The Eagles have been a team that have been opportunistic and have been able to make those plays. So if he's going to make those throws, you've got to take advantage and capitalize on them. See, that's why like, I look at this game in two ways. It's either the ugly – defensive back and forth that we saw from them on Sunday or Philly just blows them away. Like the game's not close because he makes mistakes. They capitalize on it. I I like, you know, all year long, you guys hear from the Eagles fans. Oh, they didn't play anybody. San Francisco hasn't played anybody. Nobody. We had this conversation yesterday, Jody, on Mike's show. Drives me insane. We're, we're to the final four, and nobody's played anybody. Right. The Eagles haven't played anybody. The 49ers haven't played anybody. Right. Buffalo's out. I told Mike this yesterday. So by these, and I'm talking about the critics. I'm, I'm not talking about anybody here. The, these morons who say so-and-so played nobody, you're going to win the Super Bowl playing nobody. I mean, played no one, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Kansas City's the one team evidently stamped as somebody because Buffalo is gone already. Yeah. So it's impossible to play anybody. Right. So what does it matter? Which is essentially what I've said all year is nobody beats anybody because the whole league's mediocre. Uh, San Francisco, their most impressive win this year, they beat Miami. Okay, um, but I think they, they had a step up in Dallas, and Dallas fought with them. San Francisco's good enough to hold them off, but can they do that two weeks in a row against two? T- That's what's so hard about getting to this level. You play a schedule, and you might play two or three teams over the course of the year that are on your level. Everybody else, you're better than and should beat them. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But when you get to the playoffs, you're facing those two or three teams that are about your level. Do you have the consistency – to play well enough for multiple weeks. I don't I, I think San Francisco is about to <laughs> to get a reality check here. They're very good, but but uh, but know, are the Eagles getting a reality check too? It's a great question. I, I and John answered this question on my show yesterday. I slightly disagree. I think Philadelphia is a better team than San Francisco is. I think they're just more well-rounded and they have a huge check mark in the biggest position of all. I mean, Hertz is significantly better at the quarterback position, even though Purdy has played very well. The Eagles' offensive line 
is better than San Francisco's. I think the skill players are a wash. You might like Debo better than AJ. You might like AJ better than Debo. McCaffrey's probably the best weapon. You like Kittle better than Goddard. It's slight. I think Smith and Ayuk are kind of close. So I think the skill guys are similar. The Eagles interior of the offensive line is a huge difference maker for me in this game. They are so much better in the middle of the line, and they will use that to their advantage. Defensively, they've got better linebackers. The Eagles are better in the secondary. They both can rush the passer. But being on the road with the backup third-string quarterback, at some point when you prep and you get ready for this game and you see in your mind how it's going to go, and then that interception happens, and they score, and then they and you look up at that scoreboard. That's when blowouts happen. When the preparation yeah. doesn't match the field, and the level of energy just drops because you realize we're not getting this done, and then it snowballs away from you. It's not that you're thirty-eight to seven better than someone. It's that on that day, the demoralization, if that's a word, kicks in, and you look up at that scoreboard and realize. We're just not good enough today. And I, I I see that's what's happening, similar to Minnesota a couple of years ago. They just looked up and said, we, on this day, we are just not good enough. So, Mike, yeah. let me ask you about uh, the Eagles in their last couple of games. Because you said, let's look at the, Cow- uh, the, the, the two playoff games. 49ers have played two, Eagles played one. Uh, Eagles, both of the last two Eagle games just happened to come against the Giants. Same exact opponent, which is pretty damn weird. Um, that last regular season game against the Giants. Eagles had a chance for at least three interceptions, if not four, over the course of the game. You're going to point to, hey, Purdy got lucky that uh, he didn't get picked all those times against San Francisco. Well, the Eagles had a chance to be lucky against the Giants in that last regular season game. Came up with no interceptions. They did get one. Bradbury got the one last week in the more important game. But the Eagles were runaway leaders in the plus-minus battle in the NFL for the first half of the season. Not only did they fall out of first, they were surpassed by the 49ers, who are the number one plus-minus team in the National Football League. If you come into this game, other than the Eagles are home, what would make you think the Eagles are going to get the big turnover in this game? Well, um, I, there is some element to what you're saying is that, you know, that last game they had opportunities. But I, I feel like and, – and look, they needed to win that last game. But there was still that element Interceptions of, would have been a, a major leg up in winning that game, making it easier. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I'm saying I, I totally – I still feel like there was an element those last three weeks of human nature kind of kicking in and we're kind of coasting to the finish line and we're ready for the playoffs. The intensity of a playoff game as opposed to playing New Orleans or New York in those last two games I think is just different. As we saw, look, we talk about this all the time, and I am completely on the other side. Oh, you got to be the hot team. You got to look good. You, you, you know, the Giants played their best game. They looked the best they could. The Eagles haven't played a good game since week 14. They kicked their ass. What did it matter that the Giants looked good the week before? Nothing that happens the week before carries over to the next week. We see it all the time, and yet we still want to say, you got to look good. A preseason game. I want to see him come out and get a good drive in this. Who gives a crap? <laughs> what do you do on that Sunday when it's right there? You have six days. Those six days, there's no carryover from what happened the week before. Right, so the so the uh, almost interceptions by Purdy last week, they they've completely disappeared. Well, I don't know. I mean, if he well, no, 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 that- no. You just said, Mike. 
What happened the week before becomes irrelevant. The only thing that matters is happened the week before. You just told us that, hey, Purdy was lucky, could have been picked off three times. Well, which is it? There is a carryover. You can take something that just happened a week previous and project it to potentially happen it again, or it disappears. Which one is it? You've argued both sides here. Well, I'd say if he makes those throws again, I don't know that he will. If he throws the ball and it is off target and you have an opportunity to make an interception, you got to make the play. You don't know that that play is going to be afforded to you, but when it comes your way, you better make it just because he did it three times. Look, Dak Prescott made two terrible throws last week against Philadelphia. He didn't make those throws. He made them all perfectly. He stood in there and made every throw. You can't account for what's going to happen, but when the moment comes to you, are you big enough to stand up in the moment? And that's what makes a great team is that, hey, I don't know when it's going to be my turn, but if that guy makes a mistake, like James Bradbury last week, the mistake was made and he read his keys, he was prepared, and he made the play. That's what makes a great team is you don't know what's going to happen, but am I prepared for when it does happen? Look, Philadelphia had not played a good game since week 14. That had been Five weeks of them not playing good football. And they played maybe their best football last weekend. So I think right now, <laughs> you look at this matchup, a lot. There's, there's one big stat in this game. Philadelphia is number one in the league in big play touchdowns, 20 or more yards. They're number one. San Francisco is 27th in that category on defense. They give up big play touchdowns <laughs> almost more than anybody yeah. More than anybody in the playoff. Uh, yeah. They play so a Philadelphia ton of, can uh, get them there. They play a ton of cover three and cover four. So, you know, they're like everybody else. They have blown coverages and susceptible to to giving up big plays down the field. You're right. I think consistency is it, that that's where you and I might differ a little bit. I mean, there's some carryover and consistency. That's what I was talking about with uh, you know, people saying so and so plays nobody. The great teams in this league are consistent because everybody get, everybody has these lay-in-your-egg games. Well, so did the 49ers, so did the Eagles, but they managed to win those games more often than not, far more often than not. In the Eagles' case, look, when Jalen Hurts is out there, they're 15 and stinking one. So they usually find a way to, to win the football game. To Jody's point about Brock Purdy, that no guarantees – but you know Seattle and 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 Dallas, he's going to give you the opportunity. That that's my opinion. He's going to give you an opportunity as a defense to make a play. You got to make the play. It's not guaranteed to you, as as Jody points out. The Eagles had plenty of opportunities to intercept Davis Webb in in Week 18. They weren't able to do it. And 19 yeah. nothing could have been 30 nothing, and the snowball would have been down the hill, but all of a sudden they're trying an onside kick and have a chance. They never had a chance, but technically they had a chance to win the game. If you don't make those plays, that's why Seattle's sitting at home right now. That's why Dallas is sitting at home right now. So the Bradburys of the world, the Slays, the Chauncey Gardner-Johnsons, the Babante Maddox is out there. If they're given the opportunity, they got to make the play. Back in 2018, Patrick Robinson made the play. And all of a sudden, here comes the snowball. I think the same thing happens this time if the Eagles make the plays that are uh, the opportunities are there. 
But yeah, hey, dropped interception is a dropped interception. Go to the yeah. next and how much the offense. And I guess like every week you learn more material. How many times is Shanahan going to put his quarterback in position to make that mistake? So yeah, he may have made three mistakes last week, but maybe Shanahan dials him back to try to minimize the opportunities that come the defense's way and say, I just can't let him rip it 30. I think he threw the ball 29, 30 times last week. So he's already trying to limit them. Is he going to dial that back to 25? Is he going to make it uh, 21? Yeah, he did it with Jimmy when they made the Super Bowl against Kansas City. Uh, Eric Kendricks had the interception in the divisional round. And he said, all right, plug's getting pulled. I'm just going to run the football and ran the football to the Super Bowl. He outplayed Kansas City for three quarters, wasn't able to get it done. Um, That's where the Eagles, to me, have the big advantage. So I'll throw this at both you guys. I always talk about margin of error. San Francisco's the team here that can't play from behind. If they're down 10 points, they're done. They're cooked. That, to me, is the biggest advantage uh, the Eagles have in this game. You Both your thoughts on that. Well, I would go, yeah. I mean, well, obviously it's odd because the regular season would say otherwise. They're one of the best scoring teams in the league with Brock Purdy. I mean, they average like 30 points a game with this guy. But it goes back to the snowball effect. If they're down 10 points, do they look up and say, we prepared all week and we just don't have it today. And then you fall flat and then the team steamrolls you. That's where that lopsided you see that so much in these championship games where you're like man that game we, we were so highly anticipating it was a blowout what happened i think one team just realized oh, on this day we're not good enough and that's where if the eagles get up 10 and you got brought well, i should you know now that you're saying mike i should say if it's 10 nothing in the first quarter they can stick with their running game but if it's you know a three score game if it's up 10 in the in the say mid third quarter San Francisco's in in deep because if they have to throw the football, they're in deep. Is is and that's where I look at that margin of error. I think the game that Shanahan wants to uh, repeat is the championship game against Green Bay the year they went to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo threw it eight times. Yep. Eight, eight. Complete, that's the Kendricks year I was talking about. And right, the but you talked before, about Super Bowl. I'm talking about the championship game. Yeah. Mostert ran it 29 times. Garoppolo threw it eight. That's what I think San Francisco would like to do. I have never seen, I have never seen an exact moment where you could see it was such a bad interception. And people go on YouTube and watch it. It was at Eric Kendricks of Minnesota. It was such a bad interception in the divisional round. Kyle Shanahan said, I'm done. I he literally pulled the plug at that minute and said, we're going to run this thing. And he ran it to win that game, to close out that game. And as Jody points out, he didn't throw it at all in the championship well, game. And, and they still made it to the Super Bowl. And those guys, you know, watch film all day. Are they watching the film of that game and seeing, look, the Dallas secondary is, you know, Diggs makes plays, but he can be beat. But the other side, nothing special over there at all. We know that. Are they watching film and saying, man, we couldn't even beat these guys Philadelphia is a different animal. We can't throw the ball 29 times. I mean, what are we going to do here? Uh, so do you see Debo jet sweeping, carrying the ball a lot more? How do they get McCaffrey involved? I think Kittle's a big factor in this game, uh, how they kind of scheme him. I had a great conversation 
with Colin Thompson yesterday, who plays tight end uh, with Carolina. They played against San Francisco, and he was watching the film of what they do with Kittle, and he's like, that's the thing. This guy goes off script. It's crazy. The way they run their offense, he might do something, but he just kind of does his own thing, and that's what makes him – he's such an improviser, Kittle. Um, and that's what makes him so unique is that he, he, he was supposed to be running a seven route, and he says, you know what, that seven route's not working. I'm just going to stop and you know poster myself right here. How does Philadelphia – and I don't know, does Maddox play? Does he not play? If he does play, is he back in the slot? Do they like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and what he's doing? Are they happy with the Blankenship thing right now? Do they not want to wreck that in this level of game with this kind of personnel? There's so much that I think Kittle brings to what Philadelphia has to think about defensively. Yeah, he's, a, he's a, actually, he scares me more than Debo does coming into this game. If there's a receiver... Yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta take Kittle over McCaffrey because McCaffrey's part of their receiving game. He's a big part of their receiving game. Yeah, Kittle scares me. If if I'm, I know Chauncey got a shoot. He just made the All Pro team, the the Pro Football Writers All Pro uh, All NFC team, which is pretty damn good considering he missed how many games, John? Six. Five. 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 five games. Yeah. You miss five games and you still make All Pro. That's damn impressive. Gardner Johnson's had a great year. Kittle might be one of those guys he just can't match up against, though. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I yeah. mean, that's one of those where, you know, there's certain players, and uh, he's one of them. Uh, Here, here's a question for you guys that I, I'm – you don't see a team with linebackers generally every week. I, I mean, where you're, like, game planning your offense, thinking about linebackers. How does the Niners linebacking duo factor – into the Eagles' offensive game plan? Because this is probably the best group of linebackers you're going to see, period. So yeah, how does easily. that factor into what they do? You know, it's funny. I was talking uh, to one of the Eagles' coaches yesterday, and he was just raving. I mean, raving about uh, Fred Warner. Um, you know, compared him to Luke Keekley. And, 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 and it's not um, just – that he's a great linebacker and he's athletic and he can do all these things. You see him down there, they play cover three. You see him down there 35 yards with tight ends down the field, stuck to him. So he's a tremendous athlete, but he brought up Keekley because he knows what's coming. Like he knows he he's, he's the linebacker that calls out your play before you run the play. So yeah, he's, he's, he's a problem. And I, I think, you know, Jalen Hurts, we've kind of gotten over that hump. Uh, all right, Jalen's fine. Um, I think the zone read stuff is more important this week than certainly in the Giants game. The Eagles were going to beat the Giants. I mean, they were. Styles make bites. I said it all week. They're going to blow that team out. That team shouldn't be on the field with them. This is different. Um, they need the zone read stuff because you can do everything right with the zone read stuff and still get beat by it because it's plus one, it's plus one. What that means is there's one more guy than you have that has to be accounted for. And if Jalen is 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 a hundred percent, which he's not going to be, but typical Jalen Hurts, it doesn't matter if you do everything right, he could still make a big play. I think the zone read stuff is going to be bigger in this game than just the threat of it against the Giants because the Giants weren't capable of stopping it. 
Yeah, and one area um, I think it's going to be interesting. I know everybody's showing the play of Quez Watkins. The last time they played the Niners, I think he had like a 90-yard touchdown. I feel like Watkins – 91 yards, but he didn't score the touchdown. That was oh, that's right. He didn't get in. Um, I feel like Watkins hits you on a seam like every five or six weeks he kind of gets you. Yeah. We haven't heard his name. I, when was the last time you heard Watkins' name? Well, he hasn't played well. And last week uh, they played more Zach Pascal than than Quez Watkins. Yeah, but uh, but this is a team that gives up the big play and the seam and the safeties on this team can be beat. Don't be surprised. All right, I know it's almost time for me to go, but if we come back and you say, all right, man, the big Quez Watkins, play. Quez Watkins play, man, he came. It, wouldn't it be a guy, Patrick Robinson, gets an interception? No one knows who Patrick Robinson is. He's the guy now that everybody remembers. Quez yeah, but, 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 but Patrick Robinson had a was good year. the best slot cornerback in football. He did. He had a great year. But Quez is just – Quez is like, I have no problem. You want to take a shot to Quez Watkins, he can run by anybody. Just don't get him involved in the game. I, I don't want five touches for Quez. No, Rogers. no, just one time that he gets past the yeah. defense, maybe early in the game sets the tone of, as I mentioned, the big play, that this team gives up the big play, and we're going to show you that you give up the big play by sneaking this guy past you. So um, something like that. And, oh, by the way, I gave Quez his props last week. He was downfield blocking on that, oh, by the way, Kenny G touchdown at the end. He's probably a little ticked off because his playing time got cut, but he was still working hard to get uh, Gainwell into the end zone. So I'll give him his props. Now, will he get that touchdown you're uh, banking on over the top, Gil? We'll have to wait and see on Sunday. But if it does, it could be a backbreaker. You could be on the By side. the way, be before Mike goes, because it's tradition, we talk about awards. The Eagles usually win awards when Mike is here. They didn't win any awards, but AP and her buddy Rob Motti announcing the finalists for all the awards. Now they give it out at the Super Bowl, NFL honors. Uh, Nick Sirianni, uh, Coach of the Year finalists with Brian Dayball, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McDermott, and Doug Peterson. Those are your finalists uh, for Coach of the Year. Assistant Coach of the Year, it's Lions Offensive Coordinator Ben Johnson, uh, 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans and Eagles OC Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen, finalist for assistant. Your, your boy JG didn't make the cut for finalist. Did not make it. Uh, D'Amico Ryans did. Maybe this game, by the way, we can make it along with the NFC Championship. We can make it for the Houston Texans job. Winner gets the Houston Texans job. D'Amico, Rhines, or Johnson again. <laughs> See, and I'll stick to what I said here on Birds 365 about four weeks ago. If Houston's got a clue, it's not between Ryans and Gannon. It's between Ryans and Steichen because they need an offensive-minded uh, head coach. Well, I, I will just add two cents on the whole head coaching thing. I love how teams and, and people – think because you can design a defense or you're a good play caller that that makes you qualify yeah, to not. be a head coach. You're hiring a scheme. You're doing it wrong. That's the right. cliche and everybody does Understood, it. but then let, let, let me put it to both to you two guys. What would you use as your criteria to hire a head coach? You had to be uh, a head coach previously? Well, look, Nick Sirianni, by the way, I don't know. There were some cockamamie analytics that had Sirianni as the best 
under pressure coach in the league, and it wasn't close. In other words, he manages the clock, he uses the timeouts at the right time, he goes for it on fourth down when you're, you know, a lot and makes it when you're supposed to, when he uses his time, all that stuff. To me, if you could be a great schemer, call great defenses, call great plays, call great offenses. Do you know how to manage the clock? That's what kills these teams in the end. Yeah. In the end, you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, Kyle Shanahan. This you can week. call a great game. You can I, call a flawless game. But if you can't manage the clock, you should have a guy standing next to you who's a mathematician wizard and he telling you how to manage the clock. Why would a guy who designs a great defense, why would we expect a guy who runs a great defense or offense? Know how to manage the clock. Why? Why do we think these guys are some mathematician wizards that know that Cowboys game was a travesty last week? Yeah, and Mike's a CEO coach, so, you know. And that's what I'm saying. He's a CEO coach who doesn't have any business being in the CEO role because he doesn't know how to manage the clock. Well, to answer Jody's question, my my opinion is leadership and and teaching ability is is what makes uh, great head coaches. So bottom line is you got to interview people and you got to make decisions on, on, on those interviews and and getting to know these people. Nobody knows anything. If we're being honest about head coaches or who can make this uh, jump forward, um, Nobody knows anything. You got to get in there in the in the, the mud and figure out okay, who's a leader, who's a teacher. That's who I want. The first thing you do if you're the owner is you put up the last two minutes and forty five seconds of that cowboy game and say, "What would you do in this spot?" I mean, that play he gets sacked at two fifty. San Francisco gets the ball back at two oh five. They blew forty five seconds because they couldn't get the punt team on the field in a fast enough fashion. Yeah, you should have well, had look that at ball. Mike McDaniel, and and he had a chance to upset Buffalo, the biggest fraud in the NFL this year. He had a chance to upset Buffalo in Buffalo with a third string quarterback, and he couldn't get a damn play call in to save his life because he's bogged down. He's too bogged down. It it, it happens all over. Kevin O'Connell, Jody and I argue, that was the worst stinking play call with your season on the line, and everybody's looking at the other bobble, like Kirk Cousins throws it underneath the sticks. Well, if you look, let, let me put an Eagles tint on that play. Fourth and eight this Sunday, right? Season on the line for the Eagles. You're you're using AJ Brown and Devontae Smith as clear outs for Quez Watkins and Dallas Goddard. Well, be be fair, be ball. fair, make it Goddard. No, because Dallas Goddard's the safety valve. I'm saying that's what the Vikings did. They cleared out for for their third receiver, and the tight end was the safety valve, TJ Hawkinson, who's also a pro bowler. Goddard's better. So literally, Jody. You're using A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, uh, Devontae Smith, Alan, Adam Thielen as clear outs for K. 
KJ Osborne, Quez Watkins. Now, KJ is a little bit better than Quez. And TJ Hawkinson is your safety valve, which would be Dallas Goddard. People would be incensed. It is the worst play call ever. Mike McDaniel, Kevin O'Connell, Mike McCarthy, Kyle Shanahan is awful at it. The Eagles have a huge advantage when it comes to game management. It happens. It is unbelievable how often it happens. And here's here's why I stand by my say. Jalen Hurts will be smart enough to throw the ball to one of those misplaced, poorly designed play guys down the field and or try and thread the needle to Quez, uh, a.k.a. Osborne, he will not throw it short to Dallas Goddard. He I will not make that you. mistake. I Kirk agree Cousins with made you. that mistake. Jalen Hurts will not make that mistake. He'll I... be smart enough to know, even though it's a ridiculously poorly designed play, I've got to throw it past the stick. I agree with difference. you. I agree with you, Jody, but it doesn't matter. Same thing with Dallas in the last play of the game. Everybody gets caught up in desperation like everybody's making fun of dallas because emmett smith gets not uh, emmett smith uh ezekiel elliott gets knocked on his butt it, it, it's not about desperation it's not about what you do in desperation what got you into that desperate situation that's the bigger issue and everybody gets oh that's a disaster on the last what what got you to desperation what God, watch you, when you get there, when you get the desperation, do you just give up, or do you no. try and or you try no. and answer desperation? No, but if you throw the ball up, that's called a hail mary. Sometimes it works. Hail, hail mary's hail mary's better than throwing it short of. The it day. is Jody, but it's not percentage wise. It's not a good play. Would you agree with that? The bigger issue, if I'm in that position, the bigger issue, if I'm in that position again, I hope Mike McDaniel. And Mike McCarthy's been doing it too long. And and Kevin O'Connell and coaches like that learn from their mistakes so they're not in the desperate situation. I really think it's common sense and everybody factors in the desperate. Who cares? Desperation, game's over. Desperation right, comes from poor clock management. Exactly. There. Exactly. Right. But that you have to deal with desperation. When desperation stares you in the face, you got to deal with it and you got to make the but play. But that's not, but that's like, that's like 5% of the of problem. Right. 95% of the problem is the stupid stuff you did before that. That's my point. In, in the moment, though, it's more than 51%. You got to make the play. You got you, you have to shrink the world and everything that came before it has to go by the wayside. Here's where we are. Fourth and eighth. We have to come up with a play that's getting us nine well, yards. Well, you're getting, you're and, getting and bogged Kirk down. You're, 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 and, and again, I'm talking about Mike McDaniel as well. I'm talking about Mike McCarthy as well, who's been doing this too long to make those kinds of mistakes. Um, there, there, is a, there is something in common. Uh, with all these coaches, not Mike. I put him off to the side because Mike is a CEO coach. He should know better. There's something in common with all these people. They're getting bogged down in the moment because they have too much on their plate. They have too much well, on we their can, plate. We, I think we all agree on that one, but uh, at some point you, you have to now focus on the play. And Kirk Cousins didn't come close to getting it well, done. It, 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 but, but Jody, my only point is you're narrow focusing on the end of the play. Correct. The least important part of the play. 
Oh, I'm just 100 percent wrong. Of course, the, the the it's the most it's the last play of the game. It's got to be the most important play. The game now, your season's over after you don't make the play. The least important part of the most important play. Again, call a good play call. Get Justin Jefferson in a place to do something. Get Adam Thielen in a place to do something. Get T.J. Hawkinson and get better personnel that can block Dexter Lawrence. Get all these things and you're focused on, oh, desperation is the most important part. So next time we're fourth and eighth, we're fourth and eighth, and we bleep everything up, let's do a better job and throw a desperation pass. Who cares is all I'm saying. Who cares? Fix the other shit. If, if you and make then the you won't be in and that save spot. your season, everybody cares. All right. Fix the other stuff, the important stuff. Yeah, if Dallas is in 70 yards away, yeah, they don't have I to don't come up with a ridiculous thing. About if you're at least in the 30-yard range, you can take a shot at the end zone. Yes. But 70 yards out, no matter what play you try, chances are it's going to fail. Fix yeah, the, the other, fix the, the important stuff. Fourth and eight isn't fourth and 70. You're right about that, Mike. Nobody, nobody uh, gets fourth and 70 done. I wouldn't put that on Mike, uh, uh, on the Cowboy coach or anybody else. I go, I know we got to let you run. We kept you way over. Thank you much. You got to stay a little late because you got here a little early. Happy birthday, buddy. Hope you enjoy. All right, everybody. See you. And get, I that hope is my everything's okay with Fort the doctor. Fish. I should have meant, Mike, I hope you're okay. <laughs> Here on uh, Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald coming back here next. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. 
Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Appreciate you streaming on in here on Birds 365. Feel free to hit that like button, even if uh, you're not as uh, enthralled with me today because I'm trying to keep it balanced in weighing the 49ers against the Eagles. I think the two rosters are as close as you can get. Uh, I'm not the only one who thinks that. The odd maker do too because the Eagles are a two and a half point favorite. And uh, this is the way it's been, at least in the way I understand it, for 50 years I've been following football. I haven't been wagering on it for 50 years, but I certainly know the lines. I had my nice little sheets when I was in high school, pick four games right, win X amount of dollars. Um, that the home field usually accounts for about a three-point swing. Eagles are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. If this game were played on a neutral field, the 49ers would be a half point favorite. That's how close this is. The, the, the comparison of the two rosters where these two teams are at. And it comes down to evaluating their rosters and the matchups. So Johnny Mac, I want to ask you about a matchup. Uh, the, the ones that we can have fun with and talk about that really are pretty damn irrelevant are like tight end against tight end. Who's better George Kittle or Dallas Goddard. Well, they're not on the field at the same time. They yeah. don't play against each other. Yeah. They both will compile their stats, and we'll look at them at the end of the game. Oh, you look, we had a better game. Uh, the better actual matchups are the ones where you're pitting one against the other, and they're going to have to compete against the other. So I want to ask you about a coaching matchup. The play calling of the 49ers against the D.C. scheming against uh, with his uh, defensive uh, choices. Kyle Shanahan against Jonathan Gannon. <clears throat> That's a real key matchup in this game. Is there an advantage to be had before the game starts? Yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about Kyle Shanahan. I mean, if, if he's not the best play caller, play schemer um, in the NFL, he's number two to Andy Reid. Um, so I look at it in more of an encompassing thing what we just kind of talked about before the break. I, I think the Eagles have an advantage as a whole because I think Kyle gets bogged down. Um, so he makes a lot of game management mistakes, and he has throughout his entire career. And he did again last week. They were killing him out in San Francisco for the way he handled the lead up to the half. Um, so I think I – think the Eagles advantage comes there, but when you, when you're boiling it down to what you're saying, he's the best play caller schemer in the NFL. So 
you know, in that sort of microcosm, yeah, I think he's he's got the advantage. But I think the Eagles have the advantage. You know, it's sort of like the left hand. The left hand's stronger than the right than the Eagles' left hand, but the Eagles' right hand might slap him <laughs> on the other side because he might make a mistake because he's too bogged down. That's been his history. He's too bogged down thinking about these great play calls and thinking about, oh, I'm going to get him. I'm going to call back to this. So in the moment, you might say, oof, Eagles got fooled. Eagles got this. Eagles got that. But they have an advantage in other areas because he's so hyper-focused on what he does well, if that makes sense. And I, I'll say this about the 49ers. There were a couple of plays. Yeah, Brock Purdy put a couple of balls at risk that the Cowboys couldn't come up with interceptions on. But I tip my hat to Purdy because I was actually pretty damn surprised watching that game. Even after those couple of balls that could have been intercepted, he kept throwing between the hashes. He's got them hanging. Brock Purdy's got nerve. Now, this nerve may turn into two or three interceptions, and the Eagles could win in a blowout because of it. But you got to like a guy who's got the kind of nerve that he does. Uh, so that's where I'll give Purdy at least credit for that. Um, he didn't throw any picks. And Kyle Shanahan took some chances, let some time run off the clock, left it in Purdy's hands, who just got it out of bounds with one second to go. All they were going to get there was a field goal. If per if uh, Shanahan had run the clock to perfection, I don't believe they were scoring a touchdown, so they got what they needed. It might have been dicey. It might not have looked good. It might have opened, been open for second guessing. But the bottom line is, Gould went out and kicked the fifty-yard field goal, and they got the two points they were supposed. And to. Robbie, Robbie, yeah, Robbie's a tremendous kicker. We talked about that. That's an interesting matchup because you have two really consistent kickers, but. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. But it, the Kyle gets, you know, criticized in San Francisco because it's not just that week. You know, it's been pretty consistent throughout his career. And that's what I mean. It's about, you know, you go back to the Super Bowl. I mean, he wasn't the head coach, but he was in charge of that offense. And, you know, they could have took the air out of the football. Um, he 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 He's proven in the NFC Championship game in the divisional round that you were talking about, Jody. He's proven he can take the air out of football. He knows, and he and he gave up that huge lead in the Super Bowl. A lot of that was on Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, not all of it. He's not even the head coach, but a lot of that was on Kyle Shanahan and not understanding the situation and and scaling back. So, um, by the way, I got to do some show business on air as we talk about this. Jimmy Jimmy Kemsky. I don't know if you saw. Can only do twenty minutes. So I want to alert you to that jody and uh we're not going to go to break so we're tone just pull up jimmy when he gets here uh because he's slammed as everyone slammed on nfc championship week but um yeah it's been pretty consistent with him that's why uh, look and i talk about when we're talking about head coaching hirings and you know you you don't hire a scheme i i but my opinion is leadership and 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 teaching are are the two traits that I would look for in a head coach. And that's different from being the best schemer. And Kyle's the best schemer. Is he the best coach? I don't think he's the best coach in this game. I so think you, he's the best but schemer. You, you, you're hanging it on his ability to manage a clock during a game. Do you think he's a good leader and a good teacher? Well, I'm not around him enough. I don't think that part's fair. So I, I think he's a good teacher. 
Um, I don't know if he's a good leader. Obviously, if you can teach people to do what he does offensively, I think he's a good teacher. Um, so that part of it, I think, is kind of self-evident. I, I, I don't know enough about him to know if he's a good leader. Um, but, you know, all you can do from afar is look at certain things. Like, I think, I think Nick Sirianni is a good leader. I've been him around enough. And one of the reasons why I think he was a good leader is because of what he did. And there's a lot of ego when it comes to play calling. And a lot of these guys, and Doug Peterson is this way, and I've talked to this with Doug a lot. He loves calling plays. He loves calling plays. And that's what he enjoys most about the job. And, um, you know, Nick loves calling plays as well. And he said, you know what? And one thing I've always said, every head coach has in common, every first-time head coach, they all say the same thing when they've been in the job. Oh, I didn't know I had to do this. I didn't know, you know, I don't have enough time to do this. I didn't. They didn't know how big the job was. How could you know until you're in the position? And the fact that he stepped back from it, um, I thought showed tremendous leadership. Now, in Kyle's case, you could go about it different ways. You know, you could say, all right, you know, so-and-so is a good time management guy. Make sure he's in your ear at the end of the half, at the end of the game, uh, and do what he says, you know, if you're too bogged down. Again, I don't know the mechanisms of what's going on in San Francisco, but I do know it's been a problem for him consistently throughout his career. And, and that, that right. to me you, is an issue. You need a really good right-hand guy who you do trust to manage the clock for you. If you're going to keep your play calling responsibilities as the head coach, there's got to be somebody in place. Whatever the title is that's given to that coach, I don't really care. But you have to have someone uh, there to lend you a helping hand because, yeah, it's just too much to ask anybody. Kyle Shanahan, maybe the best designer of plays in the National Football League or anybody else. I think that's just uh, asking a little bit too much uh, to be able to uh, pull off both the play calling and the head coaching responsibilities. All right, uh, the Mac and Mac guys, we're hoping to get Jimmy Kemsky up here in a couple of seconds. We're having trouble connecting. Maybe it's us because we had uh, uh, such a uh, uh, tough spot getting Gill up and going this morning. Uh, we're hoping to get uh, Jimmy Kemsky up uh, as well. Um the matchup is going to be great on Sunday. The crowd needs to be off the chain for the Eagles. That's a big plus for the Eagles. All right, there he is. Jimmy Kemsky is uh, jumping in with us. Uh, JK, uh, no, you got uh, only a couple minutes. You can spend with us today. So how loud is it going to be at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday? Loud That's <laughs> uh, the short answer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When, when they played in the NFC Championship game uh, after the 2017 season, I mean, that's the most. Um... Oh, yeah, exactly. We lost Jimmy. Tone. Uh, we'll see if we can get Jimmy back. But yeah, that he was going to the 2018 NFC Championship game. Yeah, I mentioned that before. You know, when Patrick Robinson took that play back, I think a lot of people forget the Vikings had gone right down the field and scored. Um, and they had the football again, they stopped the Eagles. And they had the football again. That was a third down. 
and all of a sudden Chris Long had the big pass rush, turns into the interception, takes it home. And, you know, I talked about uh, Kyle Shanahan, uh, the moment uh, you could see he, he took the air out of the football when Jimmy Garoppolo made a bad interception. Same thing with that moment. Like that moment, I could tell at that moment that they stole the heart. It was like Raiders of the Lost Ark for anybody when they pulled the heart out of, of, of Minnesota. That play just destroyed that team, and the Eagles went on and, and did. And now I'm not going to – Nick Bowles was tremendous, and, you know, he was on point, and uh, they played very well. But – that's where the fans really had like, you know, there's a lot of superstitions in the world, Jody, and fans will say, I got to wear my so-and-so jersey or I got to do this to help the team win. None of that matters. But when you show up on Sunday and make that kind of noise, you can rattle. You can rattle players. And and I is, think they rattled that team that this, day. Despite the fact that uh, JG downplayed it yesterday and you said uh, for – keeping away any bulletin board material. I think it's a key aspect of this game because in case you haven't figured it out, I've been impressed with Brock Purdy. His results are what they are. It, 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 we reached the point of him being Mr. Irrelevant, irrelevant is now irrelevant. He's a guy who's won seven straight games for the San Francisco 49ers, but he is just still 22 years old and has never faced this kind of crowd that he's going to face on Sunday. I, uh, is, Jimmy, we know that Jimmy uh, isn't connected via video. Is he there via audio? Tone? You know, some kind of a tough time getting uh, Jimmy connected. All right, then here's what we're going to do, Tone. We're going to take a time out here. We'll take a break, and we'll see if we get Jimmy connected, even with just a short segment we do with Jimmy, so be it. Uh, but let's get a quick break in here, and we'll come back. It'll either be JM and I uh, going straight to the top of the hour, or if we can, we'll get Kemsky back up and connected. He's John McPhone. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. 
go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Here we're having trouble with uh, Jimmy Kemsky's uh, whatever device he's using to try and get on with the show. We just can't hold his uh, connection, uh, so I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get JK up or not. All right, uh, John, I want to ask you something uh, in reference to a call I got last night here on W, uh, uh, not here on, on WIP last night. Uh, it was an Eagle fan who was none too pleased with a giant player. From early in the game on Saturday, the first time Jalen Hurts ran the ball, um, he said that a Eagles de- uh, Giants defensive back, he thought it was Julian Love, came flying in late to try and put a really hard lick on Jalen Hurts. He didn't get flagged for it. It wasn't a late hit. It wasn't a uh, penalty uh, type play, but he was trying to hit Jalen Hurts hard. And I said last night, you know, we're talking about football here, right? That even though it's a less physical game than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years, it's still a tackling game. And I didn't think the play that he was referring, referencing was a uh, an, an overly physical play, but that's the way he judged it. Do you think that's a factor this week? Do the 49ers specifically try and make sure that they not only take Jalen Hurts down, but take him down hard? I'll ask it of both you, yeah. McCone, and I'll re-ask it Jimmy. of me yeah. or Jimmy Kemsky, who we are lucky enough to be able to get there. Um, it's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. There you go. Very good, uh, JK. <laughs> so I'll quickly just repeat the question for you. First play, Jalen ran last week, giant D-back flying in late, trying to make sure it was a hard hit on the play. 49ers do the same this week? They hit you as hard as they can, no matter what. Yeah, like, it's a physical yeah, team. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you have to worry about them necessarily, um, you know, targeting Jalen Hurts with physical uh, tackling hits, whatever, because they just do that to everyone anyway. Um, and certainly, as Jalen Hurts even said prior to the Giants game, 
there's a bounty on me every week as there is for every other quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, yeah, of course. And it's the playoffs too. If they can, you know, get a big shot on Jalen hurts, like any other team, they're going to take it and uh, they're going to try to get him out of the game. That's just, that's just, that's just, I mean, it's uh it sounds barbaric, but yeah. that's just the nature of the NFL. Yeah. Exactly. He's right. He's right. And, and people know, you know, the injuries there. So yeah, they're going to try to try to hit him hard. Uh, hopefully within the rules, but uh, they're going to try to get physical. And mm-hmm. as Jimmy said, uh, that's everybody, including Brock Purdy, by the way. And I want to get Jimmy Kemsky's thought. Do you believe in Brock, Brock Purdy? Where are you with Brock Purdy? This is unbelievable. It's an he, unbelievable. You got to <laughs> give him credit, but I just don't believe it. Yeah, he's had, he's made some nice plays and he can extend plays and make off schedule plays. He's been good enough. Obviously, he's got a great team around him. Those skill position players are awesome. The offensive line is very good. But he's been very lucky with a lot of throws that he's made that have been way off target, that have found their way to the ground instead of in the arms of you know defenders. So um, he's been very lucky to avoid uh, a lot of interceptions that could have been interceptions. Um, and when does that luck run out? I thought it might run out against the Cowboys who led the league in takeaways this year, as they did a year ago. I think they had 34 mm-hmm. last year, 33 this year. Um, they had, they had a chance. They, <laughs> Trayvon Diggs had one right in his stomach and he dropped it. Um, so the Eagles, when they get those opportunities, they have to make sure that they make the most of them, uh, because he will throw it to the other team. Eventually I'm with you. I don't totally buy this. I mean, we've seen people like comparing him to Tom Brady, like, Get the hell out of here with that nonsense. It's insanity. He's like, give him a credit. He's been, he's come in and he's done a great job as their number three quarterback. But, you know, he's certainly not on the level of any of the other three quarterbacks that remain in the playoffs. The guy I've compared him to, believe it or not, is Kurt Warner. Okay. I fielded those same exact calls in 1999. At some point, Cinderella's got to turn back into a pup. Who the hell is Kurt Warner? He's an arena league guy. (laughs) And it didn't stop until they became the greatest show on turf and won the Super Bowl. Um, but we'll see if that plays here. I, Jimmy, if uh, Purdy's got a chance to throw a pick, which he surely does, but we're looking at what the teams achieved. Early in the year, the Eagles were runaway leaders in plus-minus in the yeah. National Football League. Had built up a pretty big lead, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. but they gave it back, and the team that went by them is the 49ers. They're plus 13 for the year, best in the NFL. Eagles at plus eight, third, not bad either, but Mm -hmm. not as good as the 49ers. Why do we believe the Eagles are the team that's more likely to get the big turnover in this game? The Niners are plus three in the playoffs as well. And uh, you look at the Eagles' losses this season, they were, what, minus two against Washington, I believe? They were minus three against Dallas and then in the Saints game I think it was even but uh the pick six basically pick six, ended that game yep. yeah. um so yeah I don't necessarily know that uh the Eagles are going to be on the plus side of the turn of turnover differential in this season I think if they stalemate on that front then that's a win um because I think they're the overall I think they're the more talented team the 49ers live off these turnovers and uh, obviously as you mentioned they've done a good job not turning it over I think they only have uh, 17 turnovers on their own. So just one per game, which is I think third in the NFL or was during the regular season. Uh, so yeah, you mentioned the plus 13 on the season, plus three in the postseason. season. Uh, they just got to make sure they don't 
turn it over, which is like, you know, very, it's not, that's not exactly a plus analysis. Like don't turn the yeah. ball over. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Uh, but I think there are certain things that, you know, you can prioritize, you can prioritize. Well, I mean, you know, that's what the Eagles prioritized. Jimmy. Sure. All, all they say is turnovers, explosive plays, windows, two battles, you, you win the game. You don't want to be fighting for extra yards against this team. Make sure you make sure you have the ball with with two hands as as runners. And I don't think you want to be sending Quez Watkins on precision routes uh, that require him to be at an exact spot at an exact time. Uh, if you want to take a sh- deep shot down the field to him, fine. Uh, but there are certain things that you can do to maybe um, lessen your chances of turning the ball over. And in this game, where again I think the Eagles are the more talented team, but the gap between them and this opponent is much much more narrow than any other opponent that they have faced this season and you know even just you know being negative one can can sort of turn the tide in the the Niners favor now it's interesting I was because I'm I'm of the belief that these are the two most talented teams uh in the NFL Uh, yeah I might Uh, be with you on that we all talk about the AFC but it's mainly quarterback based Mm -hmm. I I think and that's what I was going to ask you from two through 53. We all kind of know Jalen Hurts is yeah. better than Brock Purdy. From two through 53, you still think the Eagles are are, are more talented than the 49ers? I kind of do. Um, so I, there are a couple of different things that I look at there. Their receivers are better. Their cornerbacks are better. Their pass rush overall is better. They got four guys with 11 yeah. plus sacks. The Niners have, you know, Nick Bosa and then you know, not much else, at least in terms of, I think their second leading sacker is at like five on the season. Um, his name is escaping me. Uh, Fred is Warner, obviously, got, is a, uh, yeah, who got arrested for domestic violence. He might, uh, <laughs> a man who that's it. Yeah. A man who, um, yeah. Fred Warner is obviously a phenomenal player in my mind, the, the best off ball uh, linebacker in the NFL. The Eagles aren't on that level with their linebacker. I mean, him and, Jer- and Dre Greenlaw, are awesome like that's a that's a great duo linebacker. even their third linebacker there. is is pretty good al shahir he's yeah. pretty good as well so um yeah they're they're loaded at linebacker uh but uh you still think the eagles are better yeah and i'll give the i'll give the eagles the the edge on uh on the offensive line too so i have the I have the eagles better offensive line better defensive line better wide receivers better cornerbacks so like that's a, it's a pretty you know it's a pretty big advantage i'll give the, the niners an advantage a very clear advantage at running back, it's close to tight end, but Kittle's better than Goddard, in my opinion. And then linebacker, there's a big advantage for the Niners. So, um, yeah, I, I actually do think that the Eagles have a, have the better roster quarterbacks aside. And then I also think the quarterback is, is substantially better than Brock Purdy. JK, one matchup that you always hope it doesn't come down to, at least most football fans don't, is kicker. Mm. Now, it's Jake Elliott's home field. The home field advantage should come into kicking, too. You know it better than the other guy. But Robbie Gould never misses. Is there a kicking advantage in this game? Yeah, I think it's even. Yeah, they're, they're both really good kickers. Um, as far as special teams overall, Brett Kern finally had a good game. <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, up until that Giants game, he, he was pretty shaky, but he had a good game against the Giants, pinned him, uh, you know, deep. Uh, actually, I think inside the 10, maybe even three times. Uh, definitely inside the, in, inside the 20, three times. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know that there's necessarily a, a huge advantage uh, special teams wise for either team, whereas there probably would have been if they had been facing the Cowboys this week with Cavante Turpin mm-hmm. as their returner. But uh, yeah, I think this is this is one team that um, uh, you know I, I don't necessarily think the Eagles have an advantage here, but uh, I, I think it's kind of a wash uh, in this game, which the Eagles will take 
with uh, some of their special teams play this year? Um, the the most interesting matchup to me in this game, Jimmy, is is Nick Bosa against mm-hmm. uh, Eagles offensive tackles. Um, you know, since he's gotten to San Francisco, uh, he he had the great rookie year. They went to the Super Bowl. Then he got injured. They had a difficult year. Then he came back. They made it to the NFC Championship game. And if it wasn't for our buddy Jaquaski Tart, maybe they go back to the Super Bowl again. <laughs> That's right. And here they are in the championship game as well. To me, he's their Lane Johnson. When they're on the field, when he's on the field, the 49ers typically win. When Lane Johnson is on the field, the Eagles typically win. Yeah. Um, Lane hasn't given up a sack since, I think, 1933 when the Eagles were <laughs> This guy's the best pass rusher in football. Who gets – and Lane's not 100%, let's be honest. Yeah. Advantage anybody? They do different things with him, and yeah, uh, so yeah, I hope he's on both sides. Yeah, just well. this morning I watched his eighteen and a half sacks this year, and I'm sorry, I just pulled something up on my phone here because I wrote about this morning. But I, so I watched all those sacks. Six of them came against backups. <laughs> Four of them came when he was unblocked. Three of them, I thought, I determined they were like coverage sacks. Two of them shouldn't have counted because one he was way off sides. The other one he basically he tripped the quarterback he didn't like he, the quarterback was trying to escape he literally tripped him and they didn't call it two were against rookies and then two were against veteran starters okay so the ones where he came unblocked, uh it sounds like i'm trying to diminish those but his speed um looping from the outside to the inside is kind of something to behold like so that i think their game plan against nick bosa isn't so much can Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson handle this guy? It's can they make sure their scheme doesn't leave him unblocked? Because um, that happened often this year on, on a number of his sacks, again, with just things that the 49ers do up front to try to free him up. But in terms of a guy that who's just, you know, killing uh, the offensive tackle uh, opposite him, it happens, but he's often doing it against lesser talent. He's not doing that against guys like, well, uh, I don't. I wouldn't put Jordan Mailata way ahead of the guys that he's doing this to, but certainly I would with Lane Johnson. Um, and he rushes from both sides, so he can, you know, they can put him wherever they want to put him, and he's effective uh, on on each side. Uh, but I do think that his this, uh, you know, his legendary status is maybe a little bit um, overstated. Overblown, yeah. overstated. He's, he's an awesome player. Don't get me wrong. He's got explosiveness. He's got speed. And then once you start thinking about his speed around the edge, he beats you with speed to power moves where he's just, he runs, he's just basically putting the uh, offensive tackle on roller skates, pushing him back into the pocket. And then the quarterback has nowhere to go. Um, so again, I'm not, I don't mean to diminish this player in any way, but I think that there is maybe a little bit of a misconception of him just smoking these, you know, offensive tackles left and right. I think as long as you get him, um, you know, matched up against Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson, I think the Eagles will be fine. It's it's more just can the 49ers scheme him up uh, to get him free on rushes because he doesn't miss uh, when you, when he gets an advantage like that. Speaking of scheming it up, how much game playing, stunting, and the like you think Cannon will do against this San Francisco offensive line? Because as good as Mylotta and yeah. Johnson are, Williams is just good at light left tackle for the 49ers. Now, McClinchy's not as good as either of the Eagle tackles. Mm-hmm. So if you're just going to compare two to two, probably advantage Eagles. But Williams might be the top one of them all. 
Do they try and get something going to neutralize the fact that he might be the best left tackle in football? Yeah, I mean, they've done a lot of that with uh, Hassan Reddick. Uh, recently, like, like everything I just explained with Nick Bosa, where he's looping inside, they've done some of that with uh, Hassan Reddick, and that's been effective. And man, Hassan Reddick is hot; like he is, he is absolutely tearing uh, offensive tackles apart uh, lately. And yeah, I think that's that's a matchup that is uh, certainly harder this week against Mike McGlinchey than it was a week ago against Evan Neal, who was totally outclassed oh, uh, in that game. Uh, the interior of their offensive line is fine, but it's not. You know, they don't have what the Eagles have in, uh, you know, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Samuel. Those, those three guys on the interior are just kind of guys. Um, and I think that they can do some – the Eagles can do some damage perhaps uh, inside there with with Javon Hargrave, with Fletcher Cox. Um, Josh Sweat has been playing a little bit inside on obvious passing downs. Brandon Graham has done that for years, of course. So I think they can do some damage there. Uh, but, yeah, there, there, are, there are matchups to be won. Obviously, Trent Williams is an absolute star at left tackle and whoever you're putting out against him, if you can get anything from that side, then, yeah, then, then great. But uh, you don't count on that, of course. But yeah, the, the Eagles, are if, if they're going to win against this offensive line, it's going to be on the interior uh, or with Reddick against McGlinchey. All right. Uh, at Jimmy Kempsky, I know you got to run. So last one from me, phillyvoice.com. Make sure you read Jimmy does a tremendous job. Just alleviated some of your concerns over Nick Bosa. But <laughs> I, I will say, um, Skill position-wise, obviously, this is probably the best group that uh, the Eagles have seen from a defensive perspective. You have Christian McCaffrey, who's a headache, uh, Debo Samuel, manufacturer, touch guy, Brandon Ayuk, mm-hmm. you know, big play threat down the field, George Kittle, we all know how good he is. Um, is some of that mitigated by the quarterback? Do you not have to be as concerned because – you know, playmakers are at the mercy of the quarterback. Somebody's got to get them the football. I was blown away by how often the receivers were able to just get wide open, more so against the the Seahawks in their wild card matchup than in uh, the Dallas game. Uh, you know, over the weekend, they had a little more trouble getting open against that Dallas defense. Uh, but yeah, they're getting wide open for for Brock Pur- Purdy, and a lot of that has to do with their effectiveness. You know, in the run game. And uh, when they do get open and they're in a position to get yards after the catch, that's what they do. I mean, these this set of skill position players break tackles like no other skill position group in the NFL. And it starts at Debo and it continues through with Kittle and uh, and Ayuk, as you mentioned. And Christian McCaffrey may as well just be a receiver uh, as well. Like in addition, <laughs> him and Debo are basically the same player. In my yeah. opinion, like Debo can be a running back, McCaffrey can be a, a wide receiver, and they, their their play styles are actually pretty similar. Uh, so if you're the Eagles, if you're going to give up some passes and they well, games where they struggled tackling there, those were more toward the beginning of the season. Yeah, They've been better yeah. on that front and they've tightened in, uh, up. Yeah. in in, uh, you know, the back half of the year, but, uh, that is still, still sort of in the back of my mind that they did struggle with tackling at, at points during the season. And they have to make sure that they not only tackle well, but they get a lot of bodies to the football because they are going to break some tackles. You just got to make sure that if they break a tackle, it doesn't go to, for a touchdown. And, you know, and, and, you know, maybe it's a couple, couple extra yards instead of a touchdown. Uh, but they got to swarm to the football. Can't give up uh, on, on any play against this team. You have to keep flowing to, to the football at all times and uh, make sure you get these guys on the ground because that's where they kill you. Not necessarily, you know, getting yard, get, you know, a lot of their damage is done after they have the ball in their hands as opposed to uh, the, the ball actually flying through the air to them. 
tackling will be a key aspect in this game on Sunday. There's a novel idea in football. Tackling <laughs> is key. Yes. Glad to see it. Uh, Jimmy, always <laughs> glad to see you too, buddy. Thank you much for jumping in with us. Enjoy the game and feel free to abuse McMullen in the press box on Sunday. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jimmy. That's Jimmy Kemsky from uh, Philly Voice here with us on Birds 365. All right, J-Mac, J-Mac, coming back. We got to put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Maga Mac guys here for our final segment. We got two more shows this week, tomorrow and Friday, before we get to the big game Sunday between the 49ers and the Eagles. Uh, John, I do want to get this uh, one latest stat out there before we rock out of here um, because 
a lot of time this week certainly understandable it happens every week in football but the bigger the stakes the bigger the conversation gets the disrespect that's shown Ugh. Uh, Ugh. sometimes it just goes way the hell over the top and people uh, will slant numbers squeeze numbers to, to, to help make their point that somehow the eagles are disrespected and i just don't see it here um uh, the the wagering outlet that I checked this morning, the favorite to win the championship as of right now with four teams left is the Philadelphia Eagles. It's close. Usually you don't have four teams this close when you get to this championship weekend. And it is, but the lead team is the Philadelphia Eagles. They're plus 240 to win a championship right now. The Bengals are plus 250. The Chiefs are plus 270, and that's with Mahomes with a questionable ankle. And the longest shot on the board is the 49ers at plus 330. So for those who like to play the disrespect card, the people are disrespect. The whole Eagles didn't play anybody. Well, now we're hearing the 49ers didn't play anybody either. It's It's ridiculous. Yeah, nobody plays uh, anybody. They get through an entire year, win the Super Bowl. They never played anybody. Uh, so hopefully that's the case for the Eagles. Yeah, I joked on Twitter. You know, I said, can we just, you know, stipulate everybody in the NFL is disrespected so we never have to talk about disrespect again? Who cares? Uh, by the way, MVP finalists out as well. Jalen Hurts is a finalist. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to win it. Uh, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, the only non-quarterback uh, uh, in the final five. Uh, so there, Jalen got some uh, semblance of respect. Finalist for the MVP, as he should be. Um, yeah, I mean, I I joked with Nick Sirianni earlier this season. I said, you're never the underdog. Why are you talking about being an underdog? They're not an underdog. They're, they're the best team. They're the favorite team. They're playing at home. They should beat San Francisco. They're in a position uh, to go to a Super Bowl and you know, either way, you're going to have a Kansas City team with a hobbled quarterback because you're not getting a high ankle sprain fixed in that level of time anyway. Or you have a Cincinnati team that has significant offensive line issues that Buffalo was not able to take advantage of. Man, they don't put things on a tee in the NFL, but uh, Eagles got a nice path, which I've continuously said. They have a nice path to where they want to go. And, oh, by the way, I think the only game they were an underdog all year was at Dallas, which they lost. And there was a reason they were an underdog because Gardner Minshew was playing quarterback that day. Had Jalen Hurts been playing quarterback, I don't know if they would have been an underdog, but uh, they've been a favorite every single game that they played this year. And they're a favorite again this week, two and a half point choice over the 49ers. And I know I follow this stuff more closely than you do, but I appreciate your opinion. You think it's going to go to three before kickoff on Sunday? Um, I was surprised it started out as low as it did. Uh, so, yeah, I think it is. I think it's 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 only – if it's going one way, I think it's going up. Yeah, I um, agree there. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it moves, it'll move in an eagle direction. Yeah. I don't think it'll yeah. be coming down to two points. I So, I, I think, yeah, I think it, it might go up more than anything else. All right, uh, walk through Wednesday. Uh, you're gonna get anything out of this today? Or... <clears throat> Not really. Well, Jalen Hurts is uh, gonna talk today, so I'm sure he'll uh, 
they'll get some Brock. Will he Kirby. be forthright on how he's feeling? Uh, no, no, not <laughs> not from a health standpoint. You'll get the very short answers. Good enough is what Jalen will say from a health standpoint. Um, I'm sure I'll get the Brock Purdy Iowa State questions. That was a 42-41 game. Um, I think Brandon Graham is also going to be on the podium today uh, because, again, things change during the championship game. So uh, people, fans will get to see Brandon Graham, maybe even a couple other players, who knows. Uh, but, you know, locker room access. So there should be uh, a lot of news worthy nuggets coming out today you know played well last week against the giants and he's again because uh it's all in comparison with your teammates josh wet played well again and he had the injury oh, yeah season. he's had a great year josh last week he's had a great year you're right i'd like to hear from josh wet he's not i know he's not a great talker tough, and he's... tough week for josh though tough week trent williams is right He's he's the real deal, man. That's a first ballot if, hall if of Josh Famer. Josh asked JG, hey, can we do some of that? Yeah, can we flip? Thing? Can I flip? Yeah, can <laughs> yeah, I do you some? Don't, you don't think stuff? he's going to be able to pull that one off, Josh? Way? Well, no, I think he does. He does, and I think, uh, but you know, uh, you don't want to waste Hassan Reddick on Trent Williams. So I think, if anything, it'll, it'll be a little less this week than it typically is because the Eagles do do that. They flip sides, but they do it to sort of free up. Just what Jimmy was talking about with Nick Bosa, the Eagles try to free up Hassan Reddick as much as possible. So, look, no, nobody's uh, perfect. Trent Williams makes bad plays like everybody else, but you got to be realistic as well. And uh, that's one of the best left tackles who've ever played the game. So, I agree. You know, he's um, a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Just yeah. have to hope he doesn't give you a Hall of Fame performance this week. All right, J-Mac, uh, have a good time. Uh, you're going down, not Zooming today, right? No, going down, yeah. Big day, big day, Wednesday. Nick Sirianni, it's going to be crowded. Uh, national people coming in. Um, what, what, will the, what will the Panda-in-Chief be wearing today? What will be his wardrobe? It'll be all Eagles-related. Maybe he'll give a little love to Jalen Hurts. I, I'm, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts T-shirt. Um, okay. I'm going to go yeah. Jalen Hurts T-shirt. Maybe, maybe he continues his lifting of Jonathan Gannon and has some defense. Nah, he finished that. 16 stats he came to arm with. Understood. Uh, yeah. it, well, I'm just suggesting it may pop up again in his attire he's the two two things we care about nick sirianni above and beyond what he says what he's wearing and what yeah, I don't, i've never seen the jg shirt I, I don't think people make jg shirts uh you know the people that make those shirts tend not to like jg shame on them if that's the case all right uh, brother i will talk to you tomorrow mac and mac we'll be back here thursday in two and two You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time.
on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.